All right. Three topics I want to talk about, uh, according to the Dak Chronicles, because you can't go a day without talking about Dak Prescott. Nevertheless, the last 24 hours have been kind of rough, collectively speaking, for those who live in under, under a rock, you know. Just turn on social media and just look around. Let me know what you find out. Nevertheless, uh, these three topics that I want to talk about, and I'm not even going to talk about the what's going on in social media. But I will say this. The Dak Chronicles. Dak Prescott. Number one. It was reported that they was close to coming to an agreement last year. And what happened was, and this is only speculation because I, I don't know whether or not, you know, Dak Prescott camp done this or this is other news that's being leaked out, is that they had pretty much almost a verbal agreement. It was just now it was time for the ink to dry and these sort of things. But what happened was Dak Prescott week one, week two, week three occurred. And Dak Prescott was no longer, hey, I'm a guy that's trying to get this paper. Now I'm a guy that's heading towards MVP land as it relates to quarterback last year. Those first three games was tremendous. He <laughs> was good. You know, he was doing everything you wanted him to do. And it was not just Dak Prescott. It was the coaching staff. It was the new flavor, uh, the Cowboys jumping out on teams. And of course, the old elephant in the room, everybody would say, well, those teams just wasn't good, you know. Last I check, <laughs> it's supposed to be parody in the league. It's an any given Sunday. Teams are only bad when the Cowboys beat them. That's the story of a different day. And he was like, man, we ain't finna sign this contract now. His camp wanted more. Now, do you blame a person for wanting more? I can't say yay or nay. There's not room for me to talk on. I will say this. The counsel for Dak Prescott team, sometimes to me, Todd France, the counsel part of it could be a little off. That's why I'm talking to you all. So I can get like a, a scope of things, objectively speaking, whether it's good or bad, voice your opinion. I just see it like this. It was once an offer and the offer was declined. The first offer was $25 million. We all heard about that. And then they tore that offer up and they gave him a second offer. That we just don't know. Could have been 33, could have been 35. Who knows? We can only make speculations from there. So that is what I wanted to lead off with. The good news is right in the middle. Is Dak Prescott camp or Dak Prescott himself is working out with John Kitna. We've seen John Kitna elevate that game as it relates to foot workouts and, you know, stepping up through the pocket, being more lax and trying to throw the ball with your legs more than your arm. Remember, you throw the ball more with your legs anyway. So footwork and going through his progressions and trusting, you know, that the ball will be released and they're right on the spot, right on the money, you know. And all of last year, he did that. He did just that. Uh, there's a myth out there that, you know, of course, 
you know, the talking heads got to do their job. They got to make the clickbaits and stuff like that. Uh, that Dak Prescott got majority of his numbers during garbage time. Nevertheless, the truth of the fact or the reality of the matter is Dak Prescott, majority of his yards came during second and third quarter. I don't know about you all, but second and third quarter is not garbage time. Let me repeat, second and third quarter is not garbage time. And just like I said on my previously uh, live stream or, or earlier uh, this week, a lot, of a lot of times people will look at it and say, well, law, Dak Prescott, apologies. Don't you understand that at the end of the day, he's one in six against playoff teams or one in this against such and such teams? And I will say to them, if you look back at the Saints game, Dak Prescott had nothing to do with Jason Witten fumble or the Ezekiel fumble. Oh, the P.I. calls. And I heard some people say, well, you know, that happened to all of the teams. Well, there's numerous situations where it happened more than often to this particular team. Law, do you have any facts on it? Oh, yeah, I can go all the way back to the Green Bay Packers game. And Dak Prescott wasn't even thought of playing for the Dallas Cowboys. In 2014, the catch-no-catch -catch situation. Oh, it took them four years to say, you know what? It was a catch. <laughs> Just like uh, the Saints last year, the P.I. called. that wasn't called or what have you. And, and Drew Brees threw the ball right on the money. He's supposed to catch the ball or what have you, the wide receiver, but he was P.I. The very next year, they changed the rulings. Oh, law. Well, well you're just trying to fabricate stuff and make things up. Oh, do you guys recall the Philadelphia Eagles game? I think his name was Hicks or something like that. Landed on Tony Romo. Oh, when he landed on Tony Romo, it was just a bang, bang play. But Anthony Barr, I believe the exact play happened to Aaron Rodgers. Anthony Barr, I think it was the, the next year or so. And then they said, oh, no, we can't have this to happen in the NFL. We can't have players landing on quarterbacks. The rule was changed. Matter of fact, the rule was changed in such a degree that it affected us even in the playoff game against the Green Bay Packers because they said, okay, I think it was like a hand to the helmet. I think it was Demarcus Lawrence or somebody uh, to, to Aaron Rodgers in 2016. <clears throat> Neither here nor there. Uh, I, I just have to bring out facts. And if we go all the way back to last year, yes, the Patriots won. Nevertheless, when you think about it, those phantom tripping calls that never been called in the history of the game, two of them, not one, two of them in one game. If you tell me this, if you remove those phantom calls, would the game and the outcome will be different? I know I sound like an apologist for Dak Prescott, but that's just the reality of it. We got hosed a lot of games. Now, what I'm saying is that Dak Prescott is still working on his craft. He's working out with John Kitna, and hopefully he can pick up where he left off. And by the time the season rolled around, guess what? They will be on the same page. 
Number three, the third topic, and it's like a combination topic. The Dallas Cowboys had this contagious disease last year called the drops. I mean, it was a lot of drops in pivotal situations and pivotal moments. Oh my goodness, it was a lot of drops. Now, certain keys of the game would be crucial catch. Can the wide receiver catch it on third down? Who's the money down person? Who's the bread and butter to all of this situation? We do know that Gallup had multiple drops, and he was a second-year wide receiver. Okay, Amari Cooper, he had his custom, uh, what, seven drops last year. One can say, man, that's a lot of drops. That's, that's almost top 10 in the NFL. If not, I know for sure Gallup was in the top 10s of drops. Oh, Randall Cobb, you know, getting on the same page with him. Some of his drops led to interceptions. I recall the game in Washington. Man, it was a big play for us, but he couldn't hold on to it, and it was an interception. I recall a play in Seattle, well, not Seattle, uh, the Saints game. Ball a little bit behind him, but uh, oh, good old Jerry Rice says, if the ball touch your hand, you're supposed to be able to catch it. And the playmaker himself, Michael Irvin, also said, hey, just get the ball in my proximity, <laughs> and I'll figure out a way to catch it. Now, when we look at this team now, yes, the drops were there. Nevertheless, we improved on the wide receiver core. I know he have not played a down in the NFL yet, but his name is C.D. Lamb, C.D.T.D. All I've heard is that he catch any ball, got a great catch radius. Matter of fact, some people have a catch window. This guy got a whole balcony. So, Maybe the, the temperaments will be different. And on top of that, you will have a different flow and a new feel for this offense. So when we look at everything, and we have to say to ourselves, that department alone will improve just by removing Jason Witten, because you have a Jarwin, and I've seen Jason Witten drop the ball last year. And then even when he did <laughs> catch the ball, he didn't really get the separation. So I'm looking at multiple factors within the confines of this particular team, and we're heading in the right direction. The contract situation, I believe that Rain Dakota Prescott, like I said before, and I think that Troy Aikman is, is, is kind of speaking the same tune, is I think that he will sign by July the 15th. Now, I will wager you guys, if Rain Dakota Prescott do not sign on July the 15th, I will eat a whole bunch of crow. I will be out here saying that, okay, what is Dak Prescott thinking? And also what is Jerry Wayne Jones is thinking? We, we would have to put that out there and I eat my, my crow. You know, I, I would let everybody know, hey, I was wrong. Uh, but I think that deadlines do make deals. And that's just the philosophy of what Jerry <laughs> Wayne Jones is trying to do. Um, there comes a time that we all have to say to ourselves, what do you prefer? Post me your thoughts down below. Do you prefer Dak Prescott to be signed to this long deal? Do you want Dak Prescott or prefer Dak Prescott to play on that franchise tag? 
I, for one, will say this. Do not play on the franchise tag. Do not do it. Don't do yourself like that. <laughs> Baby, I know that that money will be looking good in the account. It will look nice to, sitting there. Was it 31 mil? Boy, 31 mil would look nice right now. But you got to look at the bigger picture. And I know it's hard to see the picture when you are in the frame. But if I'm Rain Dakota Prescott, there's a $35 million offer on the table, I believe. Not saying that, hey, he should cave and fold in and sign the deal. But I think that his agency and what he's thinking probably be doing the right thing of waiting this thing out to see what can transpire. If not, if Jerry Wayne Jones is who we, we think he is, the, the dealer, the thriller, you know, the billionaire, not by mistake. You don't become a billionaire by mistake or by chance. I think that Jerry Wayne is looking at this thing and saying, oh, I've been down to these trenches before. I'm going to see if they're going to cave. We're going to see how hard, you know, Prescott and company are going to do. And um, we will see. <laughs> so it's one of those chess matches, and we'll see who's who's going to fold first. Nevertheless, it's money being thrown around and or thrown around. And we got to say this. Do you guys believe in Andy? Do you think that he can make something happen? Are you willing to play that chance? And if the Cowboys really had their reservations on Dak Prescott, why put him to that particular franchise offer? Why not let him test the market and see what his value or worth really is, according to his contemporaries or the other teams out there? Remember, I'm not in no place to say what Dak Prescott deserves or, or what he's worth. <laughs> That's not my uh, lane to talk about that. Some of you guys can go put that down below. Like, he's only worth 20. He's only worth 30. He's only worth 40. Some people say, hey, he's worth 50, you know. Neither here nor there. You know, post me your thoughts. Post me your concerns. Stay safe out there, gentlemen. Uh, let's continue to grind. Let's continue to shine one day at a time, one movement at a time. Brick by brick, we stack these things together. Then we'll look back and we'll see. Man, this is what we build together. And unity is the number one thing, baby. Y'all, subscribe to this channel. Hit that like button. Share this content. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Let's go. Pay Dak, baby. <laughs> Salute.